Welcome to Limitless, the Blind Beginnings podcast where seeing things differently inspires limitless possibilities. The Limitless podcast was created in order to inform, educate, entertain, and share stories from within the blind and partially sighted community that show that the opportunities for those who are blind or partially sighted are truly limitless. And now, it is my pleasure to introduce you to your host, the founder of Blind Beginnings, Sean Marcelet. Welcome back to Limitless, the Blind Beginnings podcast. I'm your host, Sean Marcelet, and it is the final week of Blindness Awareness Month, so we've got one more awesome topic for you today. We are talking about why you should hire people who are blind or partially sighted. And um, I'm going to introduce my co-host since it was her idea, Keisha. Welcome back to the podcast. Hi, thanks so much for having me. It's nice to be back. Yeah. So why did you come up? How did you come up with this idea or why did you want to talk about this today? Well, um, I kind of thought it would be fun because um, a lot of people approach, especially people who aren't familiar with, with blindness or they aren't visually impaired or you know, um, our fear of the unknown as a species kind of leads people to think, you know, very cup half empty about blindness and like, oh, it must be really uh, challenging. It must really suck. Your, your life must be miserable. Da, 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 da. And, um, and so I was thinking, how could we flip that on its head and make some content like that would be like, you know, cup half full. And we do a lot of that with, with this podcast, but I was thinking, you know, one of the things I'm really passionate about is um, <laughs> a reason why I'm working here <laughs> is um, um, increasing the employment rate for people with visual impairments. And I just think like, you know, right now we're in the middle of the labor crisis. And I just think we are an untapped resource of employability and awesomeness. So I just kind of also wanted to be like, how could we express our visual impairments as kind of a strength um and how has it kind of affected or like enhanced our skills or employability um and so I kind of just wanted to dive into that a little bit love it yes exactly and we have the perfect guest for this conversation so Mark Bence is blind himself but is also an employer of blind people <laughs> so uh welcome Mark yeah, thank you for having me, uh, Sean and Keisha. Yeah, thanks for being here. Can you uh, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, maybe a bit about, about your vision and about your business? Just tell, yeah, explain who you are. Sure. Uh, I'm Mark Bentz, and I have Conrad dystrophy. And it started when I was nine years old. I'm now 55. So this type of eye disease is a slow degenerative uh, loss of vision, which goes down to zero. And uh, right now I got about 2% of my vision. And uh, I really honestly will talk about this, but I never could get a job. <laughs> and so at the end of the day, when I couldn't get a job, I had to create a job. And so I really got into entrepreneurship. And over the years, I had lost a lot of money. I had made a lot of money. I had really figured things out over time. And then I trained as a registered massage therapist and I started opening up clinics. And then now I have a awesome clinic with an awesome team and we call it Electra Health. And we're one of the largest multidisciplinary clinics in Canada. And that's in Vancouver. So wow. cool. Yeah. Um, super frustrating though, that you couldn't get a job. So you created a job and I, in some ways I can relate. I did have some jobs before I started Blind Beginnings, but 
it was hard. It was absolutely hard to find employment. And I felt like I needed more schooling often and to be sort of more qualified than the average person. And mostly because people didn't think it, I would be capable or weren't sure how somebody could be employed, which I'm sure is a big part of why there's such a high unemployment rate for people who are blind. What's the statistic, Sean? Do you have that? I feel like I've seen everywhere from 75 to 85% unemployed, depending on whether you're talking about people with disabilities or specifically people who are blind or partially sighted. So um, still it's, astronomical. It's pretty high. Yeah. Pretty disappointing. And then, yeah. And then look at happily employed, you know, really engaged mm. with their job. I'm sure that puts on another 10%. That's a good uh, point or underemployed, right? Doing something yeah. be up below your qualifications and capabilities. Yeah. Desire. Or kind yeah, of exactly. settling, settling because you're like, I'm getting paid, but you're not really, yeah, feeling like fulfilled every day when you go home. Yeah. Yes, that's for sure. Um, well, I guess I kind of wanted to start this conversation with you guys um, by kind of just kind of taking a moment to talk about what we each value just in ourselves as skills or qualities we've honed as blind people. Um, I think that this episode episode should really empower, usually impaired people to see their own strengths and kind of make the most of it and also just kind of um, unveil this, uh, these concepts to the employers that might listen. So, um, does anybody want to start? Uh, John, do you want to start with, with something that you really love that your blindness has helped and, and how has your blindness, um, positively impacted that? Mm, yeah, that's a good question. I, uh, I think that I'm really, it's funny because I often will say I'm not creative because I'm not creative in a sense of like artistic creativity. I feel like, um, you know, if I am ever in a place where I could draw something and I have a young child, so there's been, you know, drawing with chalk, I, I draw the same house and person and tree every single time. Uh, but I'm creative and maybe innovative or entrepreneurial a little, you know, I like to like, I have ideas and I like to create programs and I like to, I mean, well, created blind beginnings. So, and I, I think I wonder, I've never really thought about it until right now, if that is a little bit from having to adapt all the time to like, well, whatever the, the majority of the group is doing right now doesn't actually work for me. So how is a way that I could make it work for me? Like having to problem solve that, but also think creatively outside the box, maybe, maybe has kind of honed that skill. Yeah, well, like a necessity, like as the proverb goes, like necessity is the mother of creation. And certainly in a society that isn't necessarily built for, um, you know, uh, visually impaired folks or uh, people with certain disabilities, uh, there's no other way other than to be a bit innovative if you want to get where you want to go. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a totally, that's a really interesting and also a very employable skill. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Not that you need a job. <laughs> well, thanks. I appreciate having those in the back pocket just in case. <laughs> well, it's an excellent life skill for sure. You know, yeah. like mm -hmm. visual or not or visually impaired. It's a life skill that serves totally. you throughout your entire life. How about you, Mark? Uh, problem solving. Sort of mm -hmm. along the same things as Sean. I can honestly solve any problem. And if I 
if I can't solve it right away, I'm very enthusiastic about figuring it out. Mm. And it's always served me to have a commitment to make things better. And that certainly mm. came from losing my eyesight because with a degenerative disease, it's slowly going down. So like every year, I have to figure the same thing out a bit differently. Yes. And uh, it would just... I mean, it still drives me a bit nuts, uh, you know, 10% in the back of my head, like, oh my God, must we have to figure this out again? Mm -hmm. But then I think about it and I go, you know, that's the gift I have. That's what's been given to me. And, and I'm so happy that I've embraced it. And it's really the greatest intellectual pursuit ever. It's, it's like business. It's the greatest intellectual pursuit ever, figuring out how to adapt to your vision loss and make it. Uh, part of a successful life and mm. yeah it's been awesome totally I, I agree with you um I think for me it would be like I can I can also relate to both of the things you guys said but also I would like for me to say that um being able to connect with people on different levels is something that are I think are, uh I'm good at and also it has been developed um, through life experience, but also through like, you know, other life experience, because uh, dis disclosure, we are also people having life experiences, relationships, work, school, da, 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 da. but um, in the act of self-advocating, especially, um, I really have had to like mesh, figure out how to mesh with different people in order to, to really relate to them to get through to them and also just like um you know my the way I create relationships is well very I try to like really get personable with people um I one thing that um I've had to deal with quite a bit and I'm sure others have had to deal with is just like trying to make your blindness less uncomfortable for other people mm -hmm. and therefore I try to make myself a really comfortable person to be around and a really personable person <laughs> there's a lot of personal words there um and I just think that that has helped me to grow into this person who can kind of I can I can change I can chameleon <laughs> and like adapt to different kinds of social situations quite well and I think that's a really important thing as an employee oh my gosh that is like that's I just a had a point. light bulb there <laughs> like Cause I was thinking the same thing when you said, what is your, what, what is a quality? I'm like, well, I'm really easy to get along with. I think, you know, like I, I have empathy for people and I can get along with people and I'm, and I, what you said about like, people are often uncomfortable. So I try to make myself as comfortable as possible. Like that's so good. Yes. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. That, that really, <clears throat> that nails it for sure. That nails yeah. it. Yeah. No. And, and I, I feel like, um, we probably all have all of these skills to some degree for sure. And more. So, um, I, for the next part, I kind of wanted to dive into other things. So I, I, um, and feel free to, I, I feel free for you both to jump in because, um, you both are employers as well. <laughs> right. I guess that's true. <laughs> <laughs> you are my boss. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Um, so, uh, I'm super fast. I'd be fascinated to hear both of your opinions on this. So I just kind of thought that we could have a little bit of a fun discussion. Um, I spent a little bit of time thinking about 
traits and qualities I've seen on job postings. Um, so like attributes or skills, which I usually use to base my resume off of when I'm crafting one for a job. So I'm going to name some of these traits. And then we can talk about how blindness has enhanced our abilities to do these things. And this is not by any means an extensive list. Um, so please feel free to add, but I just kind of wanted to go into this. So um, often a job, here's the first one. So often a job posting is looking for a clear communicator. So why are we, why are we good communicators? That's well, we often have to ask for things to be done in a different way or ask for things to be explained in a different way. Um, so I think maybe even receiving clear instructions or, you know, I'm, I'm just thinking about like, it's really easy for me to follow a yoga class because yoga instructors are really good at describing and they get the left and rights, right. And, but if sighted people trying to follow a yoga class, um, without watching, without being able to see struggle. So I feel, I don't know. I don't know. I think I'm going off on a tangent a little bit, but I feel like getting really good at interpreting other people's communication maybe helps us hone in our communication. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I would say, you know, listening, you know, communication <laughs> is about listening. So we're masters at listening, <laughs> absolute True. specialists in the listening department. Uh, and also the, the simplicity of not getting carried away with what the message needs to be, because certainly in my world, I don't want to get complex because I need to get the point across and I need to make sure that it's been delivered properly. So uh, the lack of complexity, I know people have said, wow, you know, you really deliver something and I get it. And I go, yeah, because I have to keep it simple. I, I can't mm -hmm. get off and get myself lost in a visual world of paperwork or whatever. I just need to deliver and then see if that worked. So I would mm. say that's a huge asset for us. Yeah, I would agree with you there. Even on the street, like I'm thinking, you know, somebody is grabbing me as I'm trying to figure out if this SkyTrain is the one I need. And I need to, I want to communicate as quickly and as clearly that I'm fine. Thank you <laughs> in that yeah. moment. Or, you know, somebody's trying to offer you help that you don't need. And it's actually distracting you from something you need to be able to sort of clearly communicate what you need to happen in that moment so that you can just get on with it. Right. Yeah. I would also add that like the, um, the ability it's quite a, it's also quite an art to be able to deliver with succinctness as well as grace. Like when you're, you know, and that's a, that's a line that we are juggling constantly, especially with people who are overstepping boundaries, but in just in any situation, it's a really great skill to be able to be respectful and personable, but clear. For sure. Mm -hmm. And, and also with that too, is you develop it and certainly the two, you have it. And I've seen it in many other uh, blind people, but I certainly have seen the reverse of it where a blind person just doesn't communicate and it's like frantic and it's you're at a bus stop they're like which bus is this and it's mm -hmm. just like that's a very strange way to communicate i mean no one's putting a gun to your head i mean i get the buses come but mm -hmm. you're, you're not really getting your message across if you're not delivering it with a level of confidence and certainty because people are already weirded out about how to get sort of connected with you mm. and so 
yeah, this skill is, is essential. And, and in the workplace, when it starts to get awkward, that's where it becomes challenging. And it's like, okay, well, this is an awkward uh, communication. And what more does this lead to? Mm-hmm. But I'm jumping ahead. Oh, I can't wait to get to that, though. Um, So um, Mark talked a bit about this. We've all had ample opportunity to practice this. The ability to problem solve and think quickly on our feet. Um, I think that like Mark went into this, uh, you know, there's there's so many times when in this ever changing world where we, we really have to move quickly because it's either that or fall behind and we need to problem solve because you know things aren't necessarily built for uh like accessibility wise so we need to come up with a plan i know for me i'm always looking at the world truly trying to come from a place of solution based and just being like okay how, like this like trying to almost see a few steps ahead what do i need to do in order to get to this target in order to be successful in this way um i think that there is a lot to be said about like just that necessity in our lives, making us better problem solvers. What do you guys think? Essential. (laughs) Absolutely. Essential blind or not. If you can't figure things out, uh, watch out, you know, life will just take advantage of you. Everybody will. Yeah. It's, it's a very, um, hard place to be. And, and you clearly can see it quickly in people. It's like, oh, wow, this person has it. This person can create value. They solve the problems. They, they can lead the team. And, and most people know. Most people sit around and go, I'm not sure. They'll try one thing and then give up or try two things and get frustrated. It's just like, no, keep going. Keep going. Life is, you know, life's meant to be hard, actually. Again, blind or not blind. It's not meant mm-hmm. to be an easy ride. You know, joy, success, and all the passion doesn't come from playing simple little games. It mm-hmm. comes from raising your standards and accomplishing, and that's all based on problem solving. Yeah. I, I kind of believe adversity builds strength. So yep. when you do have to solve problems over and over and over and over, you become stronger and re- more resilient, right? So that's kind of a side product of being a good problem solver or having a disability and having to problem solve all the time is, is probably you're more resilient. And when in the workplace, when things are thrown at you unexpectedly, you're going to be more able to go with it and figure it out. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I would say absolutely. It's a muscle, right? You're training a muscle. The earlier you start training that muscle in your life, the better, you know, if there's any parents watching this right now, just let your kids screw up. Yeah. Right? Let your kids figure it out. Don't give them the answer. Again, blind or not blind, don't mm-hmm. give them the answer. Let them figure it out. You, it's amazing. I remember my mom, she just, she'd just say, hey, Mark, just work on it. Work a little bit longer on it. And I'd be like, mom, can you just tell it to me? And she'd say, nope, you'll, you'll figure it out. And you do. Yeah. <laughs> you absolutely do. Oh, and then such that's, a good point. Yeah, that's the foundation of, of self-esteem, confidence. Like all these things are so foundational to, to actual joy in the end because you believe in yourself. 
Oh wow. yeah. And we want to rescue kids, right? Especially yeah. maybe, maybe particularly kids who are blind. It's so tempting. We want to make it easier for them because we can see that they're struggling and, but yeah, it is, that is how they're going to build their self-esteem and confidence. So important. Yeah. Cause the, the workplace and when you get older, it's, it's, it can be harsh, right? The world can be harsh. Well, no one's going to rescue yeah. you at work. <laughs> if it's yeah. your job to figure this out, you're going to have to figure it out. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And just that, that ability to be adaptable and to just make those decisions quickly and, you know, intelligently. Yeah. You just, you, you just can't, you can't get much more valuable skills than that really. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. How about strong customer service skills? That ties <laughs> it to what I was talking about earlier. <laughs> yeah. I laughed when I saw that because I was like, really? I, I've never worked in customer service. And then I'm like, I've been working with people and, but it's not even about that. It's interactions, right? Again, yeah. like all the interactions we have, sometimes we don't want to have them. <laughs> The strangers interacting, people in stores asking us if we need help. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Constantly having to deal with people we don't know. Yep. I'd say, again, that's a natural thing for most blind people um, to develop. Although it can develop in an interesting way. I notice people that have grown up with a lot of blind people, it's a different way than people that have grown up let's say, you know, totally surrounded by the visual world or people. Oh, that, interesting. Mm, yeah. yeah, because you're relating now specifically to blindness, which, which is a bit different, I think, than living in a sighted world. Like Sean said about the SkyTrain and being able to articulate quickly your, your needs. Um, that is a great skill because, again, it's clarity and confidence and people really um, gravitate towards that. You know, like if you're blind and you're confident and clear, they're like, wow, you, you're like a next level person because they're used to seeing such sad old models <laughs> of blind people that they think you're just, yeah, super woman or super man. So, mm -hmm. yeah. and, and, and the thing is, is like, I think that, you know, being that the world is is predominantly sighted, it, it's uh, there's a lot of value from both from both of those parties um, and those types of interactions. But you know, yeah, being able to be relate like relate to a diverse range of people and just to be able to to understand, also just to understand like the sighted perspective and how to kind of um, you know uh, advocate and communicate knowing what is kind of the conceptions and the and the ideas um and just the day-to-day -day experience I, I think that can be really helpful um yeah you know the other piece of this I think if I'm thinking of how this is a, a skill for me um is that I can relate to other marginalized groups because of the way I'm treated in the world so if I'm in a workplace with a diverse uh, employee group, I'm going to, I think, be maybe be able to relate to to some of their lived experience. Not not completely, of course, but 
having lived with a disability my whole life, you know, it, it kind of gives, I, I know what it's like to be treated differently or as less than. So that experience, I think, makes me have empathy or understanding for other groups. Yeah, That's ability awesome. to have a real deep connection, right? You're mm-hmm. just able to connect. Yeah. yeah. All right, I'm going to move on to our next one, attention to detail. And I think that this um, goes kind of, well, this is how I view it, is I see it kind of goes hand in hand with problem solving. Because when I look at a problem, I see the big problem and then I'm breaking it down and I'm breaking it down and I'm addressing each issue of it. And um, and so that it's a thoroughly solved problem. But so that's like, in my opinion, where attention to detail comes in for me. And like, um, and I know like some employers, you know, depending on what they're hiring for mean that in different ways, you know, so it could mean, um, are you uh, attending to detail for, uh, the cooking that we're going to be doing in this job? Are you, uh, um, do you have good attention to detail for the event planning or for, um, you know, whatever. So, but I think really just being able to break things down from macro to micro is really a great way to kind of start developing that skill. What do you guys think? Yes, I would say again, essential. I mean, I, I would say detail is is focus. So in, in the way I look at it, see it, I would say I really, really like people with focus. And they can take an idea, like you were saying, macro to micro, they can take an idea, walk it all the way through and get the outcome. And I mean, me specifically, I'm not so good on all the details and organizing all that. It's just it just doesn't work for me. But one thing I am is good at is I'm very good at focusing and I'll create the outcome that needs to be done. And that's all I'm looking at. And so, yeah, in my world, it'd be focused, but yeah, detail is, is, is a huge part of that. Yeah. I'm kind of not sure where I am on the scale for attention to detail, but I'm thinking of it more in the innovative category. So if I am creating a program, I'm able to create all the pieces of that program. So I think there is some attention to detail. You know, it's it's a five-day camp and and all how are we getting there and what is what are the meals going to be and and what is the program going to be and who do I need to invite? And you know, so in that way, I think so, but I <laughs> I don't think of it so much as attention to detail. Mm. Um <laughs> I think I'm just really organized, which is another quality that I'm sure is due to being blind. I'm going to keep us moving along too. So the next one that is down is self-motivation and the ability to take initiative. (sighs) Okay. I'm jumping in (laughs) because I think when I was growing up, I, well, I, I didn't know that I was visually impaired until I was 12, but once I found out I was I just had this view or this thought or this belief that nobody thought I would amount to anything. No one actually said that to me, but I felt that the expectations were lowered that I don't know that. Yeah. That I wasn't so, and I didn't like that. And that is really what pushed me to push myself. So I am hugely self-motivated sometimes to a fault, I think, <laughs> um, the out of this determination to show people how capable I am to like rise above what everyone expected of me. I don't know if that's across the board, a thing that every, you know, blind person feels, but for me, absolutely. 
Yeah, I, I would agree, Sean. I, I have a massive drive within me and I've had it since day one to just live life on my terms. And I don't want anybody else to sort of interrupt that in the way that they're going to hold me back. I will be the creator of my destiny. And, and that comes from a massive amount of self-development and just understanding your limitations and realizing that most of those beliefs, like you were saying, Sean, are just, uh, they don't serve you. Those mm -hmm. beliefs are actually just built up from patterns of your past. And that story doesn't work in the future. And and it's so important to be able to realize you can become whatever you want to be. It does not matter if you're visually impaired. It, it's mm -hmm. completely almost just put it aside irrelevant. And I think your visual impairment could actually move you ahead of other people. And then your motivation and your self drive then takes you even to a better level. But unfortunately, a lot of blind people, I think, fall behind in that because yeah, we have these societal norms that are just oppressive, you know, for all disabled people and, and all types of people. They're just oppressive. Um, well, but there's a lot had... of ableist views that we're living in, right? And internalized yeah. ableism and all of that that gets in the way, unfortunately. And I, 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 uh, I think that um, as, a, as a person, like I, uh, I think whether I would have been, whether I was blind or not blind, and I, um, I think I would have, uh, probably had this innate feeling that I need to just, if I have these big ideas, so I need to just execute on them and I need to push through. But I think blindness has helped me to really do that because yeah, pushing through the stereotypes, pushing through the norms when, when, you know, it can be a lot of heavy weight to push through people's doubts and say, no, you're wrong. And I'm going to do this. Or like here, I will help you see differently that this is possible. And um, it doesn't even matter actually, really. Like I, um, there's been times where I've been trying to like show people that I can and I'm doing it kind of like, oh, I can do this even though you say no. But also I'm doing this because I really just want to get this thing done. And I want to I want to see myself succeed in this way. I mean, it's, it's obviously not just a blind person tray. Like, I mean, you see lots of people pushing through adversity in life and, and getting their, the thing that they want to do. So I, um, but I definitely think like, yeah, that pushback has made me almost fierce one want to do it more fiercely. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, okay, Sean, do you want to, okay. yeah, I, I've got some too. Some of mine are more maybe not what you, well, the first one you do see this on job applications. So strong organizational skills. And I, I mean, both my parents are Virgos, so maybe I would have been organized <laughs> regardless. <laughs> I grew up in a very orderly house, but it has served me very well. Um, when you're blind, you need to know where your things are because if you, if you, and the best way to know where they are is to always put them in the same spot to be organized. And generally in my life, I think I'm pretty organized, which is, is a positive quality on an employed, on a team. Are you organized, Mark? No, 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 no. Or, awesome. Organized. I am not. Uh, oh yeah. No, it's, it's, it's almost funny how unorganized I am. Oh, that's really, uh, people that's say that, but I go back to, I'm totally disorganized, but I'm totally focused. And so again, I, I know what I need to do. And then with respect, 
to everything to get me organized. Uh, you were mentioning this, Keisha, about just how you can relate to people. So I really know over time how to build up a team of people that can support me with that. And if, mm -hmm. if it's staying in a hotel room and, and just having stuff everywhere, then I know how to call the front desk and say, hey, you know, it'd be great if you could just come up. You know, I'm leaving the hotel room. I travel a lot. It's really helpful if you can just come up and sweep my room to make sure that nothing's fallen. And it's, yeah, it's just, you got to, when you don't have one thing, you got to develop the skills to accomplish it because, uh, yeah, it, it becomes very challenging if you don't. But yeah, organization, not my strong point. I love I love this diversity in perspective. This is great. I would say I fall in the middle a little bit, probably. I, I am quite organized, um, but sometimes I uh, I get a little bit stuck on on the the big picture, and then I have to remind myself, okay, we got to compartmentalize. We got to get back down to the details here, and that's sometimes what gets me. Yeah. So this is I've never seen this on a job application, but. Maybe memory. if you're an actor. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. <laughs> Having a good memory. And I think I have a fantastic memory. Uh, I usually, I write now as I'm busier, I do definitely make more lists and write things down and have calendars and things like that. But I don't usually need to look at my calendar. I know what I'm doing. I know what needs to be done. Um, I rarely forget those important details at work. But again, my memory, I've used it because that's like, where did I put that? Or even in organizing clothing, like I know what every piece of clothing feels like and, and what color it is on based from memory. Or when I'm, you know, traveling different SkyTrain stations, I remember the layout that helps me navigate in those situations. So I think it's a skill that's well-practiced and I think it definitely serves me well in a job yeah again i gotta weigh in here my memory is, is almost hopeless at times uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> but what's interesting about i guess my memory is i, I have 10 percent. if i were to sort of classify it sort of 10 percent of my memory is like amazing and those are on kind of life-threatening i need to know where things are like whatever the situation is i have that stuff stored um, but then I'm using most, you know, 80, 90% of my memory just for situational things. Mm -hmm. Like just, I, I need it available to be able to take in more information. So I'm dumping the majority of my information out of my head. Like an example, like I'm in Fiji now. And so there's a lot of variables here that I got to remember because there's, there's not a lot of structure, let's say, in how things are built. So I need a lot of memory power to be freed up so I can actually move around and figure out where things are. So in my world, I dump almost everything out of my head and I just keep the essentials there. And then I have enough space to take on more information that's critical in the moment or in the day or in the week or whatever that time span is. Um, and then also... I need to make sure that people who are around me have that skill. And, and even before I had a business that was, you know, what I have now, uh, I would just find people with me and I would just, you know, Hey, you're really good at this. You, please remember this for me because <laughs> I'm not going to. <laughs> right. yeah. I remember doing that in school a lot. And 
I just have people. Yeah, you know, Kelly, remember this. John, you look amazing. I've heard this is what you do. Can you take care of that? Right. And that's how I could use my strengths and my memory to its highest level because it's actually was their memory. <laughs> so I got five <laughs> memories, five memories helping my memory, which really works. But that's so interesting because Okay. So you've dumped everything because you've got to remember the important details. Like right now you're in Fiji and, you know, probably you got to remember how to get around wherever exactly. you're staying and all of that, but you do remember how to do that while you're there. So it's, it's like, you have the ability to remember. You just also have the ability to not hold on to the stuff that isn't critical. It's That's easy. right. Exactly. It's, it's like you just dump it. So yeah, the memory works, but it's, it's always emptying and filling, emptying mm -hmm. and filling, emptying and filling. So, um, yeah, so it can cool. take care of immediate uh, concerns. So, Makes but again, I used to get very, in some areas, I would get very too full. You know, my brain would just be so full and it'd be like, oh my God, this is hard to take on a new experience. And then I just train my brain to do this. And people are like, well, how do you not remember that? I'm like, it's irrelevant to me now. Like irrelevant. <laughs> like yeah, what's on the menu? Yeah, I don't care what's on the menu. You know, I, like it's irrelevant. I'll look at that menu the next time. It's That's not the high right. level that I need uh, to figure out. Huh. Very cool. very relaxing. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it's calming. Letting go, letting go of all that useless information I'm carrying around. <laughs> it's like a data dump all the time. You're just dumping data, just in and out, in and yeah. out. What about yeah. you, Keisha? How's your memory? Yeah, for physical things, my memory, like I, I have a pretty good memory. I do make lists and I do uh, set reminders and I do things like that because I need to keep myself on track um, because I, I am a very like, I, I can... I'm a very like, I want to say creative, like I can really get sidetracked by ideas or things like that. But so I, I keep myself on track with lists and I keep myself on track with that kind of thing. But that being said, when I need it, I do have a really good memory. Like I have a, physically, I have a great memory. Like like what Sean was saying about mapping out um, places in your head. Um, I have a really good memory for that. And um, a really good memory for, for people and and relating to them like a little weird details about their life <laughs> mm. and things that just would make them extra feel extra comfortable uh i mean i did acting for a while like theater and i you know memorizing the stage was really critical and then also memorizing the the, the words for the scripts and so like yeah my my memory can be fantastic i just need to keep it organized with processes um so, and I think that's, that's the case with a lot of people. I think that, uh, you know, um, yeah, that's just one way to stay organized and we all have to practice that differently. Okay. So I have a question mark and I, there's a couple of qualities that I think I took on when I was employed for other people. Um, one of them being that I was really grateful to be employed. So like I was very enthusiastic <laughs> at my job and would put in extra time, would work when I didn't need to be working. Um, and maybe also a part of me was that, you know, feeling I needed to prove that, like, I don't want you to regret hiring me. I want to show you that I can do this job despite the fact that I'm blind. And I'm just curious because I know you've employed sighted people and blind people. 
do you see this in the blind people you have employed? Um, that do you find that they are some of your hardest workers? Do you see a difference? I know I don't think I see a, a big difference there. I mean, I would say that, of course, that's an amazing value to have. Again, blind or not, like when I look at hiring people, when I see them working hard trying to figure out problems to make the company better, I mean, that's that's simply the the number one way to to advance because every employer, big or small, wants to advance and make whatever they're doing a better experience. So if you can bring the fact that you really are committed, you really understand where we're going, you read the material, like like you get it and you're just not the average person, um, blind or not, people are gonna be like, wow, this person is such an asset. Uh, I mean, I would also say too, you know, make sure you're not overworking to um, to be taken advantage of in a way. Like, make yeah. sure you're you're overworking and it's real valuable, and that people see it, and and make sure that people can see that you bring greatness to the company and in, in whatever you're doing, because when they see it, y- your blindness goes away. Like uh, I remember in my twenties, I mean, I never really had any jobs. I was, but I worked as like this janitor cleaning restaurants. And the guy didn't know I couldn't see because I had about 10% of my 8% of my vision back then. But then he quickly figured out I couldn't clean. I mean, that was very obvious. Um, But then I just said to him, hey, what else can I do? And I sorted a bunch of stuff out. And he was like, wow, man, like, I wouldn't even consider doing this. But I figured out how to provide more value to the person. And then he was like, great. Like, it just it wasn't even a consideration. I, I, I was blind. He was just so happy that I was doing something that made his business better. Right. Okay. So let's say you had two applicants and they looked the same on paper and one was blind and one was sighted. <laughs> would you have a bias to, to hire <coughs> one over the other? Uh, I would want to look at it. I'm always interested in their life experiences. So I don't really care that, yeah, that how they present. I want to know, like I was just saying, what, are they going to be able to do within the company that makes this a better place for everyone? And so I always look at people's life experiences like, oh, hey, have you traveled? Um, I love uh, pets. You know, well, why do you have pets? Uh, do you, what sports do you play? Um, you know, what's the, the biggest thing you've had to overcome? You know, it's mm-hmm. probably easier for a blind person, you know, but maybe, I mean, maybe it's their blindness. Maybe it's the death of their parent. Who knows? Right. But I really, I want to know what their life experience is because everybody looks pretty good on a resume and, but it's their life that I'm buying into. It's, it's the relationship I'm going to have with them. And I want people, and I always say this, to, to, it doesn't matter what I'm hiring for. Um, I say, I want to be with you for a very, very long time. And that's how I built my company. I am very committed to the people around me. And so that's why I need to get to know you. And so I just have an honest conversation of what their life's been. And then that's what gives me the, the yeses and the nos to, um, to hiring. them. So, I mean, a lot of employers, uh, as we've talked about, it's hard to get a job when you're blind. So there's a lot of concerns that employers have 
what do you think some of those concerns are? I would say accommodation. Um, again, they, they don't know. They have such a bizarre stereotype of what a blind person is uh, that they're nervous because unfortunately these employment rules we have, I mean, good and bad. I mean, I, I get why we have them, um, but they can be pretty um, restrictive to the employer. So, so they're very hesitant um, probably to go, wow, what, what could happen in a year? And I mean, like in my vision with the degenerative disease, well, what could happen to Mark in a year? You know, what more am I going to need to do uh, mm. to accommodate? So I, I would say the, <clears throat> the accommodation factor, mm. I would also say, you know, is this person going to fit in? Like, mm. you know, and, and that goes back to what we were talking about, like connection, um, rapport. Uh, here's another thing, blind or not, I am blown away at how few people come prepared to understand my company. Like I'll say, Hey, how'd you hear about Electra? Oh, I saw your job posting. Oh, great. Well, what do you know about Electra? Oh, I know you're a multidisciplinary clinic and you know, they'll give me some, you know, ridiculous generic answer. And it's just like, wow, like you want a job, but you're not willing to spend 30 minutes reading through the details. So when I ask you what you think about it, you're going to come up with something that really connects and resonates with me. Like I, I'm really, it's, that's the one thing I just, I always say to myself, interesting place you've put yourself. And then when people go, Oh yeah, I know you're blind. I know you created this. Wow. You started as a massage therapist. I love your guide dog, Mindy. I mm. instantly go, this person is ahead of the class. Right. And, and, and just boom, man, they're in the top 10% of my decision-making and I don't care if they're blind paraplegic. I, I don't care. Mm -hmm. I just see, wow, this person cared enough to invest in their future, which means they need to understand my company. Yeah. So I agree. Yeah. It's, my, it's the my... preparation that can just take it to the next level. Cause it's amazing how people don't care. <laughs> really? Yes. It always you, amazes me. You you want people who care working for you. Absolutely. Yeah. Right? And if they weren't even interested in taking the time to read up, to study for an interview <laughs> or prepare for an interview, then yeah. If you're prepared like that and you're able to communicate, I just look at the person and go, wow. Like, Because again, I want someone, and again, big business, small business, whatever it is, I built this business, like it is me. So mm -hmm. if someone connects with me, I go, wow, I want this person to be part of the team. And, and I know everybody has their challenges, again, sighted or not, I know we're all gonna have challenges, but boy, if, if you believe in what I've created and, and avail yourself of, of, of my challenges in the past and can articulate that to me and, and also ask me questions about things. Just like even about my blindness. Like I remember someone said that to me, you know, geez, that must've been hard losing your eyesight. It's like, that's cool, man. Thanks for asking. Like, thanks. Because now we're talking about what really is real because it is hard and whatever you've had in your life is hard too. But boy, I can see you being part of this company now because you're a real person.
yeah, I'd, I'd say those two things are huge for me. But yeah, the accommodation is interesting because it's always there. I think if you're if you have a stable vision and you can also communicate this in the interview about how easy it is for you, and I would bring up things of your past about how other jobs worked out because it's it's kind of like Google reviews. You know, I want to hear <laughs> that you're a good person and you're easy to to be with and, and the job worked out. So if you're able to talk about how your past jobs and how you know they worked out and there wasn't a lot of accommodation and use the words that, that the person's gonna be nervous about, mm -hmm. uh, you're gonna settle them down. Okay, so is it more costly to hire a person who's blind and because of accommodations or needing additional stuff um, and if so, do you think it's worth it? Yeah, it's interesting. <clears throat> I think if you, again, blind or not, but if you come with a laundry list of things you need, uh, that's not the best place to present them um, up front. So, uh, I mean, there's cost to all employees. Um, I mean, I remember it wasn't that long ago. It's just, yeah, it was just before COVID. I remember one of the employees was like, oh, we really need to have these better computer screens. And I'm like, do we? Like at $2,000 a computer screen? Do you really think that's necessary? And, and they were going on and on about how it's good for this and good for that. And it was interesting because it wasn't absolutely necessary, but it was kind of like, huh, interesting thing to add. And so I don't think it needs to be more expensive, but you certainly need need to ask for the essentials and make sure that that will be there for you to be able to show value. Because if you're again, you're showing value to the company, what would be ding if it's another five thousand dollars or three thousand dollars or whatever it is? It's more like if you're not showing value, then you're a bit of a sinkhole. And then if you're not fitting in, you're a bit of a, what would be that would be a bit of a social liability. You know, like things start to stack up against you. So yeah, I don't, I don't think there's a great cost there. I think the cost is them believing in you. And, and, and really, I think having people with diversity in your business when they're an advocate for your business really shows your business it is an amazing place. Like, like, I mean, adversity and diversity here is, is like, these are big topics. People are looking for this. So you can really put your, your business in a great place by having that type of uh, individual on your team, but don't bring your laundry list and, and, and tell them you need this, that, and everything at the beginning, because right. that's, that just sets you up for, I would say a problem because I mean, you don't go on your first date and go tell your first date, all your problems. Do you No, that <laughs> never gets a second date. That's <laughs> you know, interesting. That's, Cause I mean, yeah. I'm hoping that possibly <laughs> potential employers are also listening to this. And, and so we're, we're hoping, you know, that we can convince them to give people who are blind a chance by saying all the things, all the great qualities that we probably have just because of growing up with a disability or, or acquiring a disability, living with a disability. Um, 
And I, I can't, what I hear you saying is there might be some cost in accommodating, but there's costs in accommodating everyone. And as long as you are that team player, you fit well with the team, you do your job, you're, you have an interest in the company. Um, you're, you know, you're there for all the right reasons and you're doing what you're supposed to, to do. It's not a deficit. Like it's, it, it, ba- yeah. it balances out. Yeah. It totally. And, and it's, it's, again, I would say it's more than balances out. I'd say it's an advantage. Yeah. People want to be around people that care if we're being dealt with fairly, I think the workforce sees that and goes, wow, you know, this is a fair workplace. And then everybody will work, work harder, but, but that a blind person really needs to take responsibility and, and show massive value because they, they represent themselves blindness, but they also just re- represent, you know, almost like humanity in a way, like just how people deal with each other. If you could give advice to employers who have not yet employed somebody with a disability or somebody who's blind, what, what would you say? Yeah. I mean, obviously I would say really look at that opportunity because of what we were just talking about. And like we talked about earlier, they understand hardship. They, they really, they're living it every day. And so if you really want a solid team member, and I, I don't know any employer who wouldn't want a solid team member that they can count on that says, wow, you know what, when Joe shows up to work or Jill shows up to work, you know, they bring their A game and, and I can count on them. I mean, that, that's what I would say. If, if you know, you're an employer, there's a huge opportunity out there. If you're a blind person, there's a huge uh, opportunity for you to be that person. Um, and it, and it, it, it takes both parties to realize how important and how they have to raise their game to, to be able to make that a a real opportunity. Like I said earlier, they'll raise everybody's game up because people are blown away when they see other people that, that they can't even imagine living their lives. So high level, they just, they're just like, wow, you know, like, man, I can live now. I, you know, this person's overcoming this. They just, everybody raises their standards. So by bringing a blind person into the work environment, you just, you raise your standard. My God, they're amazing, amazing individuals that can join your team and just create such a positive outcome for your company. Yeah, that's a good point. It's not, there's a lot of people who are very um, capable, who are blind, who aren't given a chance because of people's biases. So we're not just talking like find the nearest blind person on the corner and offer them a job. (laughs) Head to the nearest sky train and grab that blind person. (laughs) And just like, remember too, uh, those of you who are, who are blind, who are applying for jobs, your play, play to your strengths and really just remember that. And, and, um, just really consider like, you know, even if you're feeling down about your blindness, just like, remember there are, look at all of the ways that you have really worked and, and made your way through life and just create, like build your, build your building out of that, build your foundation. Yeah. Great point. Uh, thanks so much, Mark, for joining us all the way from Fiji. Uh, <laughs> really You're appreciate welcome. you being here, your insight. Yeah. And um, thank you, Keisha, yeah, thank for you. the idea. 
Oh yeah, thank you both. This has been a great discussion, I think. You've been listening to Limitless, the Blind Beginnings podcast. If you have a question, a comment, a future topic request, please send us an email to limitless at blindbeginnings.ca. Please share our podcast, like, subscribe, leave us a rating, and join us next time. This podcast has been brought to you by Blind Beginnings, an organization based in Vancouver, Canada, that supports children and youth who are blind or partially sighted, along with their families. Music for this podcast is composed by Sean Bishop and Clement Chow. Production and audio editing by Rob Minot. For more information about Blind Beginnings and the work it does to support children and youth who are blind and partially sighted, along with their families, visit us on the web at www.blindbeginnings.ca. And also remember to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We thank you for joining us, and we look forward to seeing you next time.